Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Join our hosts, Hiram Makato and Mark Schreiner, as they discuss a wide range of topics and speak with leading cybersecurity, technology, and compliance experts. Now is the time for Secure Talk. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secure Talk. This is Mark Schreiner, and I'm with, here with my co-host. Hello, everybody. This is Hiram Machado. And we would like to welcome you to episode one of Secure Talk. Secure Talk is brought to you by Adequest, your trusted cybersecurity and compliance partner. Hiram, how are you today? I'm doing very well. What about you, Mark? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, this is our first episode, so before we get started, why don't we talk a little bit about uh, your background? I mean, you are the CEO of Adequest. Tell us a little bit about what you do and what Adequest does. Thank you. Um, I'm very excited to initiate this program with you, Mark. And uh, yes, we have been working with cybersecurity for a while now. We are Microsoft partners, um, certified partners on EMS, Enterprise Mobility and Security. Uh, we help customers with their uh, implementation of security controls uh, throughout their networking infrastructure. Um, and uh, I'm happy to be here and, and share you know, some of our learnings and some of what we have seen and what's the latest around cybersecurity. Well, cybersecurity is a really uh, fascinating area and you can go a mile deep or a mile wide. I mean, there are all different aspects of, of uh, cybersecurity. And, and again, then there's the whole compliance piece. But today, um, we want to talk a little bit about this kind of emerging new paradigm in security that's related to also, or tied to the, relate, uh, the growth in cloud computing and the movement to the cloud. And um, so maybe you can, before we dive into this new paradigm, can you give us um, a, you know, your uh, quick summary of the traditional view of how organizations would protect their organization um, uh, in the context of cybersecurity or IT security? Sure, yes. Uh, well, not long ago, right? Um, uh, cloud was, not, was non-existent, right? Uh, and everybody had your own IT infrastructure, your own data centers. Then the, the, the professionalized data centers start to merge. And, uh, and eventually there is this whole concept of cloud application and, and, and the cloud infrastructure. Uh, before the cloud, um, you know, the, the perimeter of defense, if you will, right, where you have to put your, your borders was pretty much you had a physical right, um, a data center to protect, right, with, you know, who has access to it, who has the right to uh, uh, touch the, those computers. And, uh, and so then, basically, traditionally, uh, most of your IT infrastructure was on-premise. On-premise, right? yeah, yeah. So, um, so with that type of setup, I mean, what kind of security services or um, uh, infrastructure would companies set up? So, for example, I mean, we have firewalls or... Right. Yeah, antivirus, firewall, uh, physical access to, to, the, to the server and to the premise where, where they were. And, uh, and as long as you, you, you close that in, right, and, and keep that enclosed, uh, you had a, f a limited number of, of uh, points where security was a problem, right? You had one entry into our data center uh, that we needed to protect. You had people going out on the internet and you had to make sure that those connections were secure. Um, 
So one of the advantages of that traditional approach to security is the fact that you had a certain amount of control, right? I mean, it was basically you had your valuable possessions and you would, you know, build a perimeter around it and protect that with everything that you could. You'd throw everything into that protective wall, right? I mean, to use it a commonly used phrase, it says you'd build a wall, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. That is true. But the reality today is that the landscape has changed, right? And companies, if they want to be competitive, they need to get all out of that perimeter, right? Uh, it doesn't make sense for organizations to build their own HR systems anymore, right? It doesn't make sense for them to build their own financial systems anymore. So, and uh, SaaS became, SaaS as in software as, as a service, service right? became really the way to go for most organizations. But so again, is, that, is that what's driving this? We haven't even put a name on this new paradigm. Um, why don't we, when we focus on the stresses to the, the, the you know, the, the, the old style or the traditional uh, approach to cybersecurity, what was putting stress on that? What, right, yeah. Okay. For example. Cost it was okay. one, right? It, it's, it's extremely costly. So it was really a privilege for, for, for the bigger organizations to be able to set up a decent um, infrastructure for them to operate. And, and Because they'd have to invest in... It's so much investment in hardware, in physical locations, in uh, uh, personnel, you know, okay. with the expertise to install and, and maintain, maintain right. all of, all of the, the everything that was in there. I think we saw a, a number recently that the, your average uh, Fortune 500 company has something in the neighborhood of, what, 50 or 60 security vendors alone, IT security vendors? Is that... Yes, it's it's over fifty for sure. And when you think about all of the different controls that you have to put in place, between you have an antivirus somewhere over here, you have uh, uh, the firewall that you need to set up. You may have uh, email protection somewhere. And you think about all of the different providers, uh, software providers that compose all of that security. The average enterprise will engage with fifty to sixty-five different software providers so just you, to have that so you have all the costs related to that but then you also have the the headache or the hassle of trying to maintain and and, and integrate them all as well quite quite could be quite troublesome yeah it can be quite troublesome and, and besides there is no really a hundred percent proof security right <laughs> uh, uh, in the world right and uh, not only it's expensive requires a lot of resources from an ex different expertise standpoint uh, if they're not well integrated, they still leave holes up for, for, from a security perspective. Right, or seams in the in the system that can be exploited, right? Right. Uh, so, so you know, th that was a challenge. But also, I mean, we're seeing, you know, the, the, the business landscape um, change as well because um, a, a lot of, uh, well, pretty much everybody these days is bring your own device, right? Um, and then in addition to bring your own device, you have apps. I mean, that puts a, a stress on the traditional system as well, or the traditional approach. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, not only bring your own device, the, the, the world is going mobile, right? The mobility is pretty much a requirement for almost every professional nowadays, right? The digital transformation is happening where most services or most services or um, well, products are being digitalized, if you will, right. right? If you think about from a taxi industry standpoint, right? Uh, with Uber and now the autonomous car, right? That's being digitalized. Uh, from from the, your buying experience going to the internet, right? From the going from retail to the internet. Um, that that all examples of digitalization of services that's coming, but that also brings you know more 
financial transactions to the internet, right? It brings more people on the internet, and therefore, the overall internet landscape becomes a lot more attractive to, to people with business. bad intention. Oh, got you. <laughs> right? And so, so if you're doing business these days, you're pretty much going to be using the internet, right? So, so it's tough to build a perimeter around that. You can't, right? right? Yeah. Um, if you've got employees, they're going to want to bring their own devices. And, you know, how do you, how do you enforce your traditional security paradigm on those devices? Uh, they're going to want to have their own documents on their devices, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. So you have to have a, a system to um, have some, you know, some way to protect or se- segment what's theirs versus what belongs to the company, right? Yeah, absolutely. What you're talking about is the is the, the idea. If you go back not too long ago, companies used to uh, provision their own phone for their employees and uh, and say, you know, this is the corporate phone. Uh, they implement whatever security they felt comfortable with in that phone and tell the employee, you can only use this phone for business purpose. And there was a time that where many people had you know, their own phone, personal phone to use, and they have the corporate phone. Nowadays, that's no longer you know, practical and, or even acceptable. Right? And people want to use their own phone. They want to use the cool, the latest, their latest iPhone, the latest Android, whatever phone you choose. That is what they want to use, and they want to choose it. That's the concept of bring your your own device right. to work, and they want to interact with that phone from a personal and business perspective, right? So right. they want to have their business stuff as well as the personal stuff there, and, and and the ability to to manage, separate what's business from personal, and manage that uh, uh, that uh, the interaction of that employee with your organization through that device. Is uh, is crucial today for for cybersecurity and using the traditional paradigm for for IT security. It's it's really challenging to do that. Um, but now we're talking about this new paradigm. Okay, right, yeah. that that really it's kind of growing uh, in step with the movement towards the cloud. What can you tell us? Um, what is the basis? You know, in the, in the traditional approach, your perimeter, your wall was your, you know, the foundation of your security, right? Mm. Um, what is the foundation of the new paradigm of security? Where does it start? Yeah, it's really around identity right now, right? It's around really identity. Th- Explain that. Isn't it interesting? Yeah. Identity as in now, the concept nowadays is that you need to set up your infrastructure mostly, or most of the time, on the cloud, right? Where you have different connections to SaaS applications, right, software as a service. You have your infrastructure on the cloud. You have people connecting from the phone. And what you want to do is to understand who, who is accessing the information, whatever they might be accessing the information. So really it's about understanding how to validate, authenticate, validate, confirm that the, the people logging in or entering your system are in, indeed the people that you meant to. And not only that, and that they have access and only access to what they are supposed to have access to. So if I were an IT admin, um, how would that work? What, give me an example. Walk me through a, a, a process here. Right. Well, right now um, there are many, uh, the cloud brings, uh, first of all, the cloud brings the whole management of the identity that used to be on-premise, right? That used to be, you have your own Active Directory, mm-hmm. that's how they call it, on-premise, and you manage the credentials on that Active Directory. Now, as you migrate that Active Directory to the cloud, right, and and you configure all of the different systems through that Active Directory, now you can pretty much say, okay, now um, for every, I will have roles in place, 
play. Mm-hmm. I'll have secured parameters in place around each one of those identities that will determine where they can go, right? Uh-huh. Whatever okay. I set that up. Okay. So the, you, that is what you really need to protect so right? you, and think through as you m- manage your transition from on-premise through, to the cloud. Okay, and I guess that always helps. That that would also help with people coming and go leaving the organization because um, when they join the organization, you can set them up at, with certain authorizations. They're allowed to use this app at this level. Um, they can access this data at this level. Um, and then when they leave the organization, it's simply you know shutting down that identity. Is that- and it's either leave the organization or move laterally in the organization. For example, if you are in sales and and you have certain uh, secured parameters around your identity because you are, uh, belong to the sales organization and you because of those security parameters you may have access to CRM and some other systems right mm-hmm. if tomorrow you transition to work on HR just for the sake of the example uh, you transition to HR and now you have a different set of applications that you need access to and you're not supposed to have access anymore to other set of tools so managing the identity you can automate that process of uh, of um, migration from uh, one side to another of the business or when they leave yeah i've heard you talk about something called just-in-time uh, permissions uh, is, does that relate to identities as well it, it absolutely does yeah and uh, it's important nowadays to just to give you some perspective on that um, Administrators or the administrative account is is the number one account that hackers are looking for, okay. right? Once they get uh, compromised, once those accounts get compromised, the hacker will have pretty much access to everything on your network. Okay, right? and uh, used to be that you were either a administrator or you are not, right? Right. Uh, well, now with the just in time access, what it means is. Okay, so if you are uh, an, uh, uh, if you have the rights to be an administrator, chances are you don't need to be an administrator permanently, right? right. Or all the time, you do need uh, administrative access to execute on certain things, right? So with um, that functionality available today, what you do is, uh, okay, I'm, I'm, I, you set yourself up as a regular user, right? And there's a process for you to authenticate yourself as an administrator whenever you want to, right? And what's the advantage of doing that? The advantage of doing that, if, if, if that administrator account is ever compromised, right, there is an extra step for the hacker to become an administrator, usually through a, what we call MFA, right, multi-factor authentication, right. right? So if I'm authenticating myself as an administrator, I will receive another, uh, you know, a request, you know, I'll be challenged uh, to prove that I am who I'm saying that I am. Okay. And that can be through receiving a... a, a a code on your phone that you have to type in and uh, before the system allows you uh, to become an administrator. Of okay, system. so let me see if I get this correct. Basically, what you're saying is hackers, if they if they breach your system, the first thing they're going to go go after are those admin credentials, right? Absolutely. They, yeah. they want that. That's the keys to the kingdom, right? Yeah. Um, and if you're always logged in as an admin and somehow your account is compromised, guess what? The, ac- the hackers now have access to your account and your rights, right? On correct. The yes. So one safeguard against that is nobody should be a permanent admin because I'm an admin, but I'm not using those. Um, I don't need that right now. So I'm not logged in as an admin. And if my account gets hacked 
Well, the admin, the, the, the hackers only have my access to a normal user's rights. Right. But um, when I do need access to my admin uh, role, I can use this just-in-time's permission functionality, which will probably force some type of multi-factor authentication, some type of MFA on me. Um, I, I authenticate. Now, maybe I authenticate for an hour or for a set, you know, for a half hour, whatever it is. I do what I need to do, and then I'm back out. Is that is that the, what you're saying? That is absolutely right. I, I think I, when I heard you explaining this, um, you gave an example of... I think it was, a, it was a quite famous hack where the, um, I, I don't remember if it was the CTO, but a very high-level person, had they turned off their... There was a, uh, yes, um, Deloitte has a, had an issue with um, uh, being hacked uh, several months ago. And when they investigate the root cause of, of that uh, breach, uh, the, what they found out is that one of the administrators of the system who had global administrative access to the to the system uh, decide to turn off their his mfa right his multi-factor authentication mm -hmm. and his account was compromised and without an mfa uh, the hacker was not challenged right um, with a second authentication and therefore he could you know cause damage and, and did <laughs> cause damage to them ouch <laughs> sometimes it's the people with the um, who are telling us what the best practices are, and then they don't do what they tell us to do, right? It's do as I say, not as I do. As uh, I do, yes. <laughs> and, and and on that perspective, Omar, if you didn't know that, uh, most of the, 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 when you look at the root cause of any any incident, uh, cybersecurity incident, it's, it's often, it's, People related, not technology related. Right? Yeah, I mean, a lot of times it comes down to, I mean, something like eighty percent of su successful breaches originate as a phishing campaign, right? Right. right. Um, somebody clicks on something they probably shouldn't have clicked on. Right. Um, other things are, you know, failing to uh, keep the patches updated, and that's right. that's a human thing, right? I mean, exactly. you, you can have a system that will prompt you, but at the end of the day, you know, humans have to set up the system, set up the policy, set up the process, and exactly. then and, and then adhere to it. Um, so sometimes it just all comes back to basics. Let's go back to this um, this new paradigm in, in terms of, of uh, security on the cloud. We happen to, or Adequest, we do a lot of work with Microsoft Azure, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And we see some distinct advantages, both from cost and um, just security point of view, towards using some of the built-in features and functionalities, um, both with Office 365 and in Azure. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, yes. Uh, well, when you when you think about Office 365, for instance, most organizations have uh, set up their instance and not really looked carefully into the security controls that are available to them. And uh, there is something called Secure Score, right, that Microsoft provides, which is basically looking through uh, a particular instance of Office 365 implementation and see. On this instance, how many uh, controls or security controls have been put in place? And you get a score for, depending on the number that you do. Uh, the reality today is, you know, on a scale of one to 400, um, most organizations uh, are around 50. Now, what that means is most organizations have not looked into all of the security controls they have available for them. And have not implemented. So they could they could make their organization a lot more secure without actually spending any money, right? I mean, right. Most, they already paid for it. Most most uh, you know Fortune 500 companies out there are using um, Office 365, yeah. um, and 
And if they're not using some of the features and functionalities that are built into it, and they're going out and spending extra money for outside vendors, yeah. um, it's kind of a waste of resources. And by the way, this statistic is true for small and large organizations. So oh, most organizations have not really looked into it. The thing is, it's not as trivial either, right? Because the reality is you have to put the right amount of security controls that 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 is in line with you know what you're trying to secure sure. right it's not it's not like you're not going to spend 20 dollars to secure a one dollar bill right right <laughs> if you're going to spend 20 dollars in on on security you want to make sure that the value of what you're securing is way more than 20 dollars Right, so it's the same concept. So part of it is really understanding the business perspective, right? What's the business security requirements for your organization, and then align those security controls that are available in many cases on your, you know, on Office 365 instances uh, with those business requirements. Okay, and then in terms of moving to Azure or maybe some of the other cloud providers, uh, you know, I've seen uh, examples, um, studies that show a lot of the built-in features and functionality, for example, in Office 365, but also in Azure, Microsoft Azure, um, you know, those can replace a lot of those 40 to 50, 60 vendors that a lot of enterprises are currently um, paying for, right? And so you can reduce your costs because you have this built-in features and functionality, but you can also simplify. Does that make sense? Because then you don't have to worry about all the updates and, you know, and the it, is there a, the latest release and is this compatible with that or is there a seam between these two things? I mean, does, does that yeah, make sense? Well, there is simplification in so many different levels, right? Mm-hmm. There is, first of all, simplification in terms of licensing, right? You know, instead of licensing from... X number of different service Which providers. It's got to be a headache, man. Dealing right. with just, just fifty to just sixty just for just for security. Just for security, <laughs> yes. So there is that aspect of it, right. right? So licensing becomes a lot easier to. And then there is the patching and the updates of right. all of those different systems that it's now integrated. And plus, actually, you have to be you have to have such subject matter expertise on, on so many different things. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh. And then there is the the aspect of integration, right? When you're dealing with 40 different service providers you you have an extra layer of having to making make make sure that they integrate with those different software solutions or secured solutions will integrate and work well with each other well with the, the with the cloud providers you can now consolidate a lot of those i don't think we have got to a point where everything is there yet right, right. right? whether whether you consider microsoft um, Amazon or Google, whatever major cloud provider you might think. I don't think anyone has the full, uh, um, you know, 50 to 65, right? right, right. The A to Z. But that's where they're going. That's that's where the direction that it's... What would you say to organizations that say, you know what, I... Microsoft's not a security company. I mean, what, what would you say mm-hmm. to that? I mean, and, and I, I'm using Microsoft here just because we do a lot of work with Microsoft. I mean, yes. we work with AWS and, and other providers as well. But, you know, the majority of the work we do is is related to, to Microsoft services, mm-hmm. right? right? So um, what would you say to an organization who, who has that mindset that Microsoft's not a security company? Right. Uh, they do Office and they do SharePoint yeah. and some other things. But yeah. yeah, there are several things to be said about it. Number one is... Any cloud provider today, they are in the business of, you know, providing you services. And security and compliance is a, a big thing, right? Anything that compromises security and compliance in regards to their service can put can make huge damage to their business, 
right? right? Uh, so they definitely, first of all, put a lot of investment on it. If you think about Microsoft, for example, they invest over $1 billion uh, in secure solutions uh, every year, year wow. over year, over $1 billion. There are some companies out there, some, some independent software providers who are secured, but they are, number one, narrowed in terms of what security they are providing. Maybe, uh, like you right? said, an antivirus. It's an antivirus, or... a firewall, exactly. etc. They don't have the whole spectrum. Uh, and I, I can tell you that most of them uh, do not even have $1 billion in revenue, right? So that just to give you the scale of the investment, you know, the massive investment that's being put into uh, security. So the reality is no one can match, right? Uh, um, and that means one thing that I say about Microsoft when it comes to security, uh, if they were not a major cloud provider, right? If they were only Microsoft, if they were not managing data centers as a business, right? They could not afford the level of security that they put for themselves. Right. Right? It's, it's that expensive. And the only reason why they can justify that much expense, $1 billion and, and more, and counting is because they are in the business of providing data centers securely, <laughs> right? And, right? And in compliance with the different regulations. And uh, so I don't think anyone else can match that that, that power. So in Microsoft, I mean, I, I read uh, Satya Nadell's uh, book. I think it's called Hit Restart. Yes, mm-hmm. um, Hit and, Refresh. Or excuse me, Hit Refresh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And um, I, I remember he dedicated a fair amount of time in the book to talking about um, the importance of cloud computing, uh, the importance of privacy and security as yeah. well, right? It's, Microsoft is clearly committed to that. And one of the things that he talks very well about that's quite interesting is that as you move to the cloud, you know, it's the, the, the data points that you get, right? It's the intelligence that you get to monitor and understand what's going on around the globe. So uh, there is a crime unit at Microsoft that deals only with uh, understanding trends, what's going on, and when they detect the malware, right, being being transacted somewhere, when they get that, that intelligence, they start to plot all of that, that. You know, they do 400 billion authentications a month. 400, 400 billion, billion logins, authentications, authentications a month. Authentications a month, right. And all of that provide Microsoft metadata, right, in terms of what's going on. If it failed, if it was successful, if there was any something that wasn't quite right. And they collect that data and they work directly with FBI, Interpol, and other organizations around the globe to provide them intelligence to combat like criminal cyber crimes around the globe. Right. And so, and then they can also do things like uh, they, they monitor login patterns, uh, anomalous behavior, etc. Right, and yeah. they can feed that back to your, the Azure Threat right. Center. And, and uh, there was one um, recent article from Microsoft that showed how quickly uh, they were able to identify uh, a malware uh, that started, I think, in the U.S. By the way, if you didn't know, most malware start in the U.S. and China. Oh, really? Those are by far the top uh, um, uh, start point of a malware attack, mm-hmm. right? So they identified uh, a, a trend in the U.S. for a handful of their customers. In a matter of seconds, they were analyzing what that was. In a matter of minutes, they, had a, uh, they, they protect all of the other tenants. Uh, of that, and in, in 17 minutes, they had it all completed, analyzed, and done. That attack n- was never successful, 
That's that's amazing. Right? That's amazing. Not not on Microsoft network. Okay. Right. Not sure about the others, but for every Microsoft tenant client, it took them seventy minutes from the first time that malware was ever identified anywhere in the world to they having a complete solution that that protect all of their customers against that malware. That's how quickly Impressive. They, they are able to react to. And again, we're not here to promote Microsoft, um, but we are talking about, I mean, you know, obviously Azure is, is, is growing you know, incredibly fast right now. Microsoft is very strongly committed to the movement of the cloud. And underpinning that is their commitment to security because nobody's going to want to move all their precious resources to the cloud unless they can trust their cloud service provider. Um, well, we're, we're kind of running out of time here on episode number one. Just a quick recap. You know, traditionally, companies would look at their, um, their, their IT security as um, they'd build a wall, basically, right? right? The perimeter was their defense. Now, the identity is the new perimeter, um, and that's where, where the, the IT po- defense posture starts now. Um, and a lot of that is driven and facilitated by this movement to the cloud. Um, again, this is our first episode. Uh, we'd like to welcome you to the Secure Talk podcast. In upcoming episodes, we are going to look at some current events um, and you know talk about what happened. You know, different hacks, uh, different malware, ransomware campaigns, or anything that's interesting or timely. We'll talk about that, and then we're going to talk about some of the core fundamentals of IT security. Uh, you know, things are like data protection. Uh, we'll look. We'll look at uh, new, you know compliance requirements re- related to GDPR, threat detection and protection, and you know a, a variety, even physical physical security, for example. Um, so we'll be we'll be digging in um, deep because I said earlier, you know, security is a mile wide topic, and anywhere along that mile wide um, breadth of topics, we can really do a deep dive in, and and that's what we're looking forward to do in, in upcoming episodes. Um, but for now, I'd like to uh, thank you for listening. Again, my name is Mark Schreiner, and I'm here with Hira Machado. And this is Secure Talk, brought to you by Adequest. Thank you, everybody. Thank Have you, a great everybody. Day. Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Join our hosts. Ram Makado and Mark Schreiner as they discuss a wide range of topics and speak with leading cybersecurity, technology, and compliance experts. Now is the time for Secure Talk.